The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included. All while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit Spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. This is Jobs Elite. I'm Matt Beat. And I'm Helen Hong. And today we're appreciating Gandhi dancers. I got a gal in every town. I didn't want to see her till the sun went down. I got a gal in every town. Being a Gandhi dancer was not easy. It was a physically demanding job, backbreaking and boring. It required precise coordination, often in the hot summer sun all day long. Now, if you've never heard of Gandhi dancers before, you're probably wondering right now, what the heck is he talking about? That sounds like you need a performing arts degree, right? Well, No. Gandhi dancers were railroad workers, the ones who laid and maintained railroad tracks before machines took over the job. But one thing is for sure. It did sort of actually seem like they were dancing while they worked. So get out those dancing boots and feel the rhythm. As in this episode, we're riding the rails with Gandhi dancers. I I have my dancing boots on. Honestly, the first time I heard the term Gandhi dancers, I automatically thought, are we talking about go-go boys at a gay club? Like, that's literally what it sounds like. Have you ever been to a gay club, Matt? Not recently. Uh... <laughs> well, let me enlighten you about gay clubs. Uh, a lot of gay men's clubs will um, hire go-go boys to dance like practically naked on top of the bar, and it's extremely enjoyable. Oh yeah, like Coyote Ugly, that that movie that came. Yeah, like that, but, but with, yeah. with guys. Okay. Yeah, but imagine like most of the clientele are men, and all the dancers are men. And the oh, men I'm are- imagining. I'm imagining. <laughs> <laughs> but that is not what a Gandhi dancer is. 
yeah, well, it's a little ways off. Candy Dancer is a railroad worker. I mean, that's, I never would have, the, the terminology is definitely threw me off. Let's just start with an expert that we spoke with, Dr. Maggie Holtzberg, who is the manager of the Folk Arts and Heritage Program at the Massachusetts Cultural Council. She did a documentary about Gandy Dancers. It came out back in the 1990s. So here is her definition of Gandy Dancer. Gandy Dancers refers to the manual labor that's needed to build railroad tracks by hand and also to maintain them. In the West, it was Chinese, Americans, you had Irish in other parts of the country, Italians. But in the Deep South, it was primarily African-American men who did this work. And we're talking about, you know, the first to middle part of the 20th century. I'm glad she mentioned the Chinese railroad workers because there were a lot of Asian Americans and, and people like who had just come off the boat from Asia who were doing this really tough labor of laying the railroad out to the West. But it's interesting. I never thought about that different regions of the country would have different demographics of people who were doing this work. Yeah, and I think it's important to differentiate because I guess they're called they're, they're called different things different places. I I would say section hands maybe is the most common, but gandy dancers were like a subgroup within that that became known as having a, a certain rhythm to the work that they did. I want to go back to the gandy dancer term because yeah. Chinese workers actually were called coolies. It was actually a very derogatory racist term. Is Gandhi dancer a, a racist derogatory term like coolie is? It's not, but it's weird because no one knows for sure where the name came from. There's different theories. <laughs> Obviously, the dancing part kind of makes sense where that would come from, like because it looked like they were dancing. But the Gandhi part, now there's one theory that they waddle like ganders. Do you know what ganders are? No, I, I have no idea. I didn't know either until I looked it up. Apparently, <laughs> ganders are uh, male geese. Like when, when a goose waddles around, like left and right, like... <laughs> which is, coincidentally is also how I dance on the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> you dance like Aflac? <laughs> I do the gander. <laughs> but no, there's also another theory that there was this company it's called the Gandy Tool Company. And, and they may or may have not existed in Chicago as a source of the tools that these Gandhi dancers used as they worked on these tracks. That's a way boring explanation than the, than the goose. <laughs> I, I, let's go with the goose explanation. Yeah, this company, there's not really any proof that it, ex it existed anyway. So yeah, we're going with the geese. So the people themselves would call themselves that, like, oh, I'm a Gandhi dancer. Yeah, and there was, a, there was some pride to it. This is a clip from the documentary that Dr. Maggie Holtzberg uh, produced late 1980s, early 1990s, just to document actual Gandhi dancers who had been retired for many years, but were still around. So here are Cornelius and John, and they're just going to explain why it was called dancing. Gandhi, I think manufacturers produced the tools, uh, and I think it was a, a tag that was put on, on to the men, but the the dancing part came from the rhythm of the men. So they put the two with it. Was a, 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 the two was made by Gandhi, and he was the rhythm supplied by the men. The Gandhi dancer makes two steps forward, take two steps forward, and one step back, two long steps forward, and a step back to put you in your position. 
there's a caller there to synchronize your efforts. See, because if you don't synchronize your efforts, then if everybody's picking up at different times, no man can lift that rail. What you're doing is not only moving the rail, you're moving the entire rail, tires, everything that's there. See? And this is why it calls for tremendous coordination and strength. Oh, well, there goes our goose theory. I still am going with the goose theory. I, Me you know, too. That was, I, that was I, his I, legend. I, mean, I know he gave it the proper explanation, but I, I really like the goose theory better. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the actual work. So it's not just the building of the tracks, it's the ma- maintenance. And over time, the the force and vibration of the trains and just the sheer weight of the trains makes it so there's little tiny shifts in the tracks and so that mm. crews would have to come through and actually realign the tracks and right. make sure they were level again. And Because otherwise, you would have a derailment of a train, which is no good. Each crew member had a lining bar, and it was shaped to a chisel point, so they w- it would dig down into the ground to the, to the gravel underneath the rail. And so they would all take a step toward the rail and pull up and forward on their pry bars to move the track to kind of get it back into to where it should be. So if, if one section of the railroad is like slightly off, you have to shimmy it back into place and then reattach it down to the ground. They would have to do it several times before they could actually get it to move. So each piece was so heavy that it took a bunch of people at the same time to get this piece of steel to move. Yes, basically, yeah. I'm breaking out of sweat just listening to this, Matt. I mean, this is not a cushy time behind a podcast microphone. We have it good. (laughs) This is like intense manual labor. The crews were like four up all the way up to 10 at a time. And there'd be one guy yelling, kind of leading, saying like, and this was kind of usually the person that kind of started these, these chants or little songs that they did to kind of keep the rhythm because rhythm was important. Well, like, have you ever tried to move a couch up or down stairs? No, I, I, I hire, <laughs> I hire people for that. Matt, you're talking to the most unathletic person you have ever met in your life. Like, if I had to lift anything more than like a dinner plate, I'm like, oh god. Well, for us working class folks <laughs> like me, I basically, if you're you're moving something that's long and awkward and heavy. Everybody kind of has to coordinate because if either someone's getting hurt or someone's crashing into something. Right. But yeah, it was really cool that she was able to document. Um, But it wasn't just in the Deep South and they did this. Apparently this was like this phenomenon happened all over the world in terms of teams singing like to kind of and like if you think about it, (laughs) this was not a fun job, but maybe this made the job that was very physically demanding more fun. You know, you think about it like, okay, this sucks. We're out here, but we might as well, you know, turn it into a little singing. And like and a- I do, and I do see how you would want some sort of beat to like pull, lift the rail to kind of like when you see like people who ro- like in rowboats, you know, if there's a team of people who are rowing a boat at the same time and everyone has to be synchronized to row at the same time. Yeah. It was so critical too, because it'd be a dangerous job. So Maggie's going to tell us about the dangers. Many of these men talked about just brutal conditions. First of all, you're in the deep South, which is hot to begin with. And it was probably a long day. I do remember one guy 
talking about if there was creosote that fell off the boxcar, it would just peel you like hot water. You know, this was really not easy work. You, you had to be coordinated and you had to watch out for each other's safety. So that's another aspect of coordinating your movements. Wait, if, if what fell off of the what? Basically, tar was melting. It's a, oh. like tar. Yeah. And it would fall off of the truck and, and melt you? It was just so hot out that it was <laughs> that it was that she was just trying to demonstrate how hot it was. Wow! So so you're just sweating and it's like three million degrees and you're like trying to lift this huge heavy steel bar. Mm-hmm. Wow! Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Okay, let's get into the music. I got a gal in every town. I didn't want to see her till the sun went down. I got a gal do it i get it i get <laughs> it See, into I, that. right i got the beat i could be a gandy dancer no i couldn't i don't have any muscle mass whatsoever uh, but did you hear the three beats in silence like the silent you know like the that oh, was the is... part where they're pushing the part of the tracks into place oh so the silence was when you pulled or pushed right Oh, that's so interesting. Like, da na na pull. da na na pull. Yeah. Yes. So you're singing while you're working. It gives you a beat to pull to, and also it makes the work a little bit more fun because you're entertaining yourselves. 
Yeah, and there, there were other reasons too here. Maggie and Cornelius will ex explain in this next clip. And then you have the caller who is sort of like the conductor, right? He starts singing a work call that will get everybody uh, wrapping their lining bars. These are these long, heavy lining bars, and they would wrap against the rail in rhythm. And then the lyrics of the song and the timing would instruct them of when to actually shove it all together. He would have to make certain calls to motivate them to call upon the, that strength that they didn't know that they had. Sometimes they were fun calls or sexual calls or religious type calls. So he had to have a repertoire. Wait, did he say sexual type calls? Of course. <laughs> what does that mean, sexual type calls? Well, you know, some of the songs were a little edgy. Maybe <gasps> we had that like parent, parental advisory. I love this. I love it. So you're working hard and it's like mostly men who are doing it and they're like sweating in the hot summer sun. So they're like, hey, let's m make this song really funny. So like pull this steel bar as if it's a hottie at the club. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, no, motivation was the other really big part of it. Like, yeah, because it, again, it's repetitive. Imagine doing that over and over and over all day long. So, yeah, this would uh, break up the monotony and it had like a religious feel to it. As I think I forgot his actual words that he used to say in the religious. He said it was either he was it was either like sexual calls or religious calls. I guess you couldn't put those two together. <laughs> <laughs> so you're either you're either like, all right, guys, this is a sexual song or all right, guys, we're talking about Jesus now. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it makes sense. I do think that was a great way to motivate them. And I the thing that came to the song that came to mind to me when I first kind of was listening to this interview was. Uh, Whistle While You Work from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Oh, yeah. That was how all these little animals that she was forcing to work and like clean up the house. She, I don't know how she... How do you get Disney animals to clean your house? I want to get that in my house. But, <laughs> but, but yeah, that, that was how she I was motivated. I have a dog and he won't clean anything. <laughs> but yeah, so Maggie goes into more of this what, you know, like as far as the, the sexual calls. Singing for these men served several purposes. It didn't just coordinate their movements, but it uplifted them. And it also was a way to take their minds off of what they were doing, the difficulty of it. So in that case, you know, some of the songs were really dirty. You know, they'd be talking about women. And I mean, one of them is, you know, Birmingham ain't no ham at all. You ought to see that ham up my gal's drawer. I got a gal live behind the jail. She got up on the door. She got the car for sale. Uh, throw it over. <laughs> Birmingham ain't no ham at all. You ought to see that ham of my gal draw. Uh, throw it over. <laughs> uh, throw it over. Whoa! There ain't no ham up her drawers? What? Woo! And that's not really that bad. That was one of the few that they could actually include in the movie to not make it rated R, I guess. Or... Wow. That is, yeah, I mean, there's a stereotype even today of like construction sites being like, you know, dirty, like boys clubs because it's mostly men who are working and they're like cracking dirty jokes all day and like whistling at women when they walk by. And yeah, so it's kind of, there's a little bit of that element of like, 
you know, if you just get a bunch of men together and they're doing manual labor, you know, mm -hmm. things are going to get naughty. Yeah. <laughs> there were also a lot of songs that were a wonderful way of getting back at the white foreman, you know, and saying things that he couldn't understand. It was like that tradition of coded language that again would be uplifting to you on, as an insider. The men would, would gather in a close group and they would sing things that would, if the boss really understood what they were singing, would not have liked it. Little things like boss can't read, the boss can't write, boss can't tell when the track is right. And I'm sure there were much worse things than that. Or they would purposely put the line out of alignment when they could hear that a train was coming and then he had to you know, plead with them to get it right. Boss can't read, the boss can't write, boss don't know when the track is right. Let's go, let's go. Look at the boss, how he stands, stand more like a farmer than a boss man. Look at the boss, how he stands. Wow, that's so interesting. Of course, there's there is an element of like racism here because if it's like mostly black workers and then the foreman is white mm -hmm. and he's like bossing them around and telling them what to do and like oftentimes he wouldn't be a nice guy. Yeah, you would want to talk trash about your boss and if you any but if he's standing right there, you'd have to find a way to do it. Mm -hmm. Kind of like flipping the boss the bird, but using your pinky finger instead. And it's like an inside joke, like, yeah, boss. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there are, there's kind of, there's often that dynamic in most workplaces, you know, whoever is managing typically does get paid a lot more and kind of look down on who's, who they are managing. But it was even more extreme with the railroad workers, of course. And this is with uh, Chinese Americans. It was pretty bad as well yeah today i'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids how about instead of timeouts time ins time for you to start paying some bills i'm jb smooth and that was a full episode of my new podcast straightforward Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. 
don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. So we've, we've talked about how difficult this work was, but for some of them at least, and I've seen conflicting reports on this, but for some of them, it was surprisingly decent pay and it was a respected profession. Oh. So Cornelius and John talk about this a little bit. Those men who worked on the railroad were the pride of the community and the women took pride and, and they just didn't let that man go away from home looking any kind of way. His clothes had to be a, a certain way, starched and ironed, and especially after they moved to some of the other jobs like the brakeman or the fireman you know, on, on the railroad. If you railroad man, in my time, he was noticed by white and black. He was noticed because that was money. That was it, because that was the only money that black folks and most of the white people that they wouldn't already had it. So the money was, whoo, low. Ah, this is really interesting. So this was a time when there wasn't a lot of economic opportunity for black Americans in the South. Did we say what era this was? Like in the early 1900s, I would guess? We have not said that yet, but yeah. So basically since railroads, be- since that began. So oh, so like 1800s. 1830s, and then all the way up to about the 1950s to 1960s when machines started to do the job instead. And we'll get into more of that later. But yeah, so like if you're talking this started, you know, the railroad started being laid in the 1830s. That's even before the Civil War. So like probably at one point slaves were doing this. And then after the Civil War, it was like low. It was like, you know, obviously Black Americans were not getting paid the same as white Americans were and doing the same kind of jobs. So so this was maybe one of the more prestigious jobs that an African-American could do at the time. Wow. So if these guys that she's interviewing, you know, they're like, like how old were they and like when were they working? Do you know? They must have been probably in their 70s, maybe 80s. So this was, they would have been, like I said, they were working basically in the Jim Crow South. So it was mm. still, you know, in the 1940s and 50s and 60s, we're, we're still talking about like a time where there's just not many opportunities for yeah. African-Americans. So. so yeah, so maybe this is one of the jobs that was like a good job that you could get, even though it was, it was such hard work and you, you earned every single penny. But, mm-hmm. but it sounds like if you did, if you could get this job, it was actually pretty good compensation. One of the men was saying that even the women in that community, the black women that were married to these men, would, wouldn't send them out like looking a mess. Like their clothes would be pressed and they, they took pride in their um, appearance because it was kind of like an upstanding job and they didn't mm-hmm. want them to look messy when they were going to work. Yeah. I mean, I think that was my biggest takeaway from what she was just saying was that the fact that there was this prestige Mm. and even if the pay wasn't like that high, it was still 
it was just important work. I mean, they literally were making sure that these railroad tracks were were safe so that there would not be accidents, train accidents. They were saving lives. But actually, there were a few women who were Gandhi dancers that we know of. What? Mostly, yeah, during World War II because of a worker shortage because so many men were fighting in the war. Many women stepped up and (gasps) filled these positions. And yeah. Of course, of course. The women who took over all the jobs during the war. That's so interesting. And so they were lady Gandhi dancers. Unfortunately, I don't know if we have any records of specific songs that they sang. Man, would I love to if any listeners I know, I wonder if they also got naughty if the if it was a, like a team of lady Gandhi dancers and they're doing this gruff physical <laughs> manual labor and they're chanting and they're like, "Yeah, grab that man's, you know, <laughs> When he comes home, I'll show him home. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, If I was a better chanter, I would chant something about hot steel or hot rails. Am I right, Megan the Stallion? Cardi B, Megan the Stallion, please add me in your squad. They're never going to add me in their squad. We'll have to work on that. So obviously, it seems like this is not a job anymore. So like, what happened to the job? What happened was these just insane machines that now do the work. Okay, so so this used to be like really hard work that was done by these crews of workers. And then machines came along and took over the jobs, which partially was good because it was like really hard, dangerous work. Mm-hmm. But also, this was kind of like a cool gig that you could get that you no longer can get. Yeah, I mean, really, just a, a big part of railroad culture. You do see nostalgia for it. There's even a Gandhi Dancer Festival. What does one do at a Gandhi Dancer Festival? Like contests for chanting and contests <laughs> for picking up the steel bars? Or like what's... Oh, I don't, you know, I've never been to one, but... <laughs> <laughs> Matt, uh, well, I know what we're doing. We're going to meet up at the Gandhi Dancer Festival. August 21st, 2021. <gasps> oh, snap. If um, it, it, As long as there's no global pandemic, I say we meet up at the Gandhi Dancer Festival. I'm looking at the website right now, and I believe they actually sing these old songs, these <gasps> old Gandhi Dancer songs. So I'm oh. actually really legitimately want to go to this thing. So... I want to hear like an R-rated one. I don't think you're going to see that at this festival. It looks like it's a kid-friendly event. Oh, (laughs) darn it. Thank you to Maggie Holtzberg for giving us her wisdom on Gandhi Dancers. And if you want to watch her film that's called Gandhi Dancers, you can see it online at folkstreams.net. And let us know if you have any relatives who are Gandhi Dancers, or do you know any Gandhi Dancing chants? Or especially Lady Gandhi Dancing chants. I'm definitely interested in that. Me too. <laughs> Tweet us at Pod on Twitter. Jobsolete is produced for iHeartRadio by Zealot Manufacturing Hand Forge Podcast for you. It's hosted by us, Helen Hong, that's me, and Matt Beat. That's me. The show was conceived and produced by Steve Zamarki, Anthony Savini, and Jason Elliott. Our editor is Tommy Nichol. Our researcher is Amelia Polka. 
Our production coordinator is Angie Jaimes. And theme music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. A special thanks to our iHeartRadio team, led by Nikki Etor, Katrina Norvell, Ali Cantor, Mangesh Hadi Kador, Will Pearson, Connell Byrne, and Bob Pittman. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So, Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless.